0: This is the Canadian Tax Podcast with me, Cameron Ware. Good morning. This episode continues what I've been calling the 2020 tax season specials, where I answer random questions related to the 2020 tax filing season. Uh, these are unedited, unscripted. I just basically wing it when I have some free time at the office here to answer some questions. Last week I covered uh, some, uh, some T-5008, uh, questions and this came up a lot uh, in the last week as well so I thought I'd give a bit more detail here. Uh, these two questions specifically come from the uh, Canadian tax forum over on Reddit which is always that's actually a pretty good resource. Uh, there's I, I think more than a few uh, CPAs I don't think they're publicly you know giving their credentials but I think there's some pretty smart guys there that are that are posting. First, uh, first question the guy says I'm new to doing my taxes and to using Wealthsimple, and I have a lot of T-5008 slips this year. I have a taxable account with Wealthsimple Invest that is an auto rebalance on a regular basis. As I understand, this means I'm frequently buying and selling ETF securities. I tried using SimpleTax to file my taxes, and auto-uploaded my T-5008s. There are more than 20 T-5008s, and sometimes several for the same ETF fund. Is this normal? Shouldn't Wealthsimple Invest provide one? T5008 for each ETF, aggregating the total gains and losses. A similar question, similar fashion, uh, I think this one was just a few days later. Um, guy logged in and said, you know, I noticed there's so many t 5008 submitted to my broker, he used Interactive Brokers, uh, for doing options trades. Uh, they submitted one T5008 for each option and since I did about 50 option trades, they've submitted 50 t 508s to CRA. Is that correct? Uh, do I need to inform my broker to remove the T508s they submitted uh, and change them to something else? Do I amend this on my side? Basically wondering what, uh, what he does. So I, um, I actually provide an answer in there and I got a little bit of uh, pushback. I, I was told, uh, with, with due respect, I feel you have no clue what you're talking about. Robo-advisors sell and buy so randomly 10 times a week. There's no way someone pays 0.45% 0.4, 0.4 in fees and ends up doing their own math and calculations. Um, firstly, yeah, it's absolutely, it's very possible that I have no clue what I'm talking about. In fact, my wife tells me that all the time. So, I mean, it is what it is. I struggle through. Secondly, comment about there's no way you pay fees and end up doing your own math calculations. So uh, on a more serious note here, yeah, that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit frustrating. It's a little bit, um, you know, you you think, you know, I'm paying my broker to do this stuff. Uh, what, what's what's the deal here? Um, what you need to refer to in March of 2020, there was a case, uh, Chen v. T.D. Waterhouse. It's a bit of a bizarre case. I won't get into the details. You can Google it. It's uh, over on Canley if you want to check it out. But the, the main takeaway from it, Judge Myers in his comments, uh, to summarize, or rather to, to uh, quote here, there's no basis to argue that the law might recognize a duty of care on stockbrokers to provide cost information in T-5008 reporting slips. So what happened here was TD sent out a whole pile of T-5008 slips with no cost basis information. So that's your box 20. They basically left it blank. However, TD did send out a fifty eight summary that did have a cost basis in it. So what the judge was saying here was the t 508 forms, there's no duty of care. There's no obligation for TD to basically include correct numbers. If that sounds a little bit weird, and you think, "Wow, that you know that's one one case that doesn't make any sense," I'm gonna pull up some uh, very, we'll call it fantastical paperwork from uh, various Canadian brokerage firms here. This one's from Raymond James. Uh, Gain loss report for the calendar year. Uh, this is the very fine print at the bottom, the tiny tiny lettering that they don't really want you to. Um, you know look at or pay attention to so raymond james the information contained in this report was obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable but we are unable to guarantee its completeness and accuracy we are not responsible for errors in book value provided this information is not a substitute for your own tax records and may not be accurate for tax purposes next one bmo wealth management the information contained in this report is provided to you solely for information purposes. It may in part be based on information provided by you or from a third party and should not be relied upon for its accuracy. The average cost included in this report should not be relied upon for tax purposes or official performance measures. Lastly, CIBC Woodgundy, uh, We cannot confirm or independently verify the accuracy of the cost value of securities in your accounts as shown. It is your responsibility to ensure the accuracy of this information. So back to the point where there's no way that someone's going to pay, you know, 0.4, 0.5% in fees and end up doing their own math and calculations. Well, that's not correct. In fact, there's a lot of firms myself included that actually make a living tracking uh, broker transactions and making sure that the broker stays honest. This, what it comes down to, again, I, I won't get into too much of the fine print, but what they say is the only accurate representation of what's going on is your broker statements. So when it comes down to it, you need to take your broker statements and use those to calculate your own uh, ACB and uh, gains and losses and that kind of thing. What you hope is that the information that the broker provides is accurate and that you can uh, use the numbers to uh, accurately represent your um we'll call it your capital gains or your capital losses to cra but the point is they're not always going to be accurate again they do their best uh one thing that really throws people off uh, excuse me throws people off is uh return of capital calculations oftentimes you'll see that will mess with the uh the acb that stated on the broker statements they are getting better but um, it, it still comes down to you need to keep your own books and records, sort of. What, I guess to wrap up here, to answer these guys' questions, I say, what do I do here? The short answer is ignore the T-5008s. If you're issued 50 or 100 of these slips, ignore them. They're, if Especially if they don't have the correct cost base information in them. If box 20 is empty, they're useless. So by not, using the T-5008s, CRA isn't going to get grumpy at you. Uh, they know that there's supposed to be something there for trading. So they're, if if they don't see the T-5008s, they're going to expect likely something on the Schedule 3. That's where you can either get away with, uh, if if you think that your broker's doing a good job and that they've accurately uh, tracked your stuff, go ahead and use their numbers. I mean, it's... Uh, it's it's reasonable in the circumstances. Hopefully, they provide the correct uh, cost basis for your stuff. But remember, if CRA wants to review it, they may not a hundred percent take the gain loss report as uh, being accurate. Now, I haven't seen any cases myself where that has happened, or you know, CRA looked at that and said, "No, we don't like what we see here." But where where you know you might run into trouble is if Let's say you you switch brokers during the year. You transfer stuff from your old broker over to the new broker. New broker might pick things up at the market value on the transfer date. That happened quite a bit in the past. I think they're getting a bit better now, especially when you're uh, specifically on the um, online. Uh, what do we call it? the the interface where you you submit your your transfer requests? Uh, there's an option right on there that says you know you want to you want to liquidate these or do you want to transfer in kind or you know all that kind of stuff so the point is I I think brokers are getting better at doing this but I still see issues where you look at one statement and the ACB is really low pre-transfer new broker gets the stuff they pick it up at uh, a cost base so the problem there is or just excuse me they pick it up at market value on the transfer date so the problem there is you've now artificially bumped up your cost base previously it was low Post transfer, it's now high, it's at market value. Uh, typically that's what you see anyways. So you've now done a cost basis bump uh, and any gains or losses going forward are gonna be impacted by that. So this is where you need to pay attention to your, your own books and records. Uh, make sure that your cost basis is correct. So, like I was saying, main thing to do here, how do you do it? Step one, ignore the T-508s. Use your own numbers. Step two, what numbers do I use? Well, if you can rely on your gain-loss report, do that. Uh, If you can't, you either need to keep your own spreadsheet and uh, track these things, or you get a firm like mine that tracks these things for people. If it's your... You know, we'll call it um, RSP investments or RESPs or things like that. Basically, registered accounts. It's, it's not as critical uh, for your unregistered stuff. It starts to make a difference just because you pay. You're paying taxes on that stuff. Um, for personal you know it, it is what it is I don't know if it's worth engaging a firm unless the dollar values are pretty high certainly if you have uh, investments held in a corporation it's you need to make sure your uh, your cost base is dialed in because you're going to have issues with things like uh, your capital dividend account uh, refundable tax that kind of stuff so yeah you need to make sure that uh, that everything's pretty dialed in with with that kind of thing but point is T508s if they're a mess, ignore them, do your own thing, make sure that your, your numbers are good on the schedule three and go from there. So with that, we'll wrap up. Uh, thanks for listening. If you have any questions you'd like answered, send them to questions at Podcast.ca or find us on Twitter. This commentary is for general informational purposes only and deals with complicated and time-sensitive info that may not apply to your situation. Tax rules are always changing and this information may not be current. Tax is complicated. This information is not tax advice. Don't rely on this info to make tax decisions. Hire a professional to help you. For more info, see canadiantaxpodcast.ca slash disclaimer.